I'm thrilled by our choices. Me too. And let me tell you why. Okay. First of all, I can't get over how popular the Discord got. I know. So fun. What are you all doing out there? (laughs) Wanting to spend more time with us. I think just there's a lot of people out there in the world who also just want to be talking about romance all the time. I mean, bless. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to us. Welcome to Fate of Mates, everyone. I'm Sarah McLean. I read romance novels and I write them. And I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and critic. Apparently, I'm supposed to go back to it. I don't know. There you go. (laughs) I love it. And an editor and a critic. All of it. She's a a triple threat. (laughs) There you go. Literally, sometimes. (laughs) Um... And uh, we have a Discord. Yeah. If you haven't listened to episodes before this one, this is going to be a really fun one. But we have a Discord, which you can find out all about on our website at fadeamates.net. There's a big button there. It says Patreon. You can head over. Joining the Patreon joins the Discord. Anyway, point is, on this Discord, one of the many perks, including... (laughs) Hanging out with Jen and me and talking about romance novels and hanging out with another, you know, many, many, many people who also want to talk about romance all day is that you can suggest topics yes. for interstitials. Yes, which is really fun. And we're not guaranteeing we're ever going to take those suggestions, but we are doing one today <laughs> because I, over the course we were talking about, so we launched the Discord on our read-along episode for Sarah Mayberry's her best first her best worst mistake what is wrong with me i don't know i, I am like though i did find myself thinking what would her best first mistake be <laughs> probably that to be honest um her best worst mistake there is a banger of a kiss yes yeah and it is romantic and lush and he is so handsome and she is swept away, and it is a big, big mistake on both their <laughs> parts. And it makes everything worse, which is the best kind of kiss in a romance novel. And I mentioned this on the Discord, and then simultaneously I ran to open the sub chat folder <laughs> where you make your own, where you can suggest interstitial topics to us. And I suggested an interstitial topic to, <laughs> topic to us, which was the best kisses in romance. I have a lot of thoughts. And actually, I want to start off actually by talking about kissing in movies. Mm. Like, so I had this this question and I feel really interested to li- have listeners tell us too, which is like, do you remember? Like, so part of me is like looking back. I was like, I've been a romance reader my whole life before I even knew romance was a thing. Because I loved the movie The Empire Strikes Back because when Han Solo and Princess Leia kiss, it's like all I wanted. Even as like a kid, I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, whatever this feeling is, I would like more of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can think and even now, if I'm like watching, like walking by and some random TV show is on and people are about to kiss, I'll be like, "Ooh, are they about to kiss? I'm interested at all, all of a sudden. So I do think that there's a way in which, like, the first kiss, especially in, like, movies, right, or TV shows, it's like the, there's something so palpable about, like, all that tension. And I mean, like, think about that. Like, I love that Drew Barrymore movie, Never Been Kissed. Have you seen that, right? She waits on the pitcher's mound. I mean, this is a work of genius. (laughs) Right. I mean, and so, you know, I think a lot about how, like, tuned in I am to that. I mean, at some point I was like, there was like a a meme going around Twitter. This was probably a couple of years ago. It was just like, you know, post your favorite kiss. And I was Mm. like, I don't even, of course, I was like, I don't even know who all these people are, but I'm going to watch these gifts of people kissing because, hello, I love it. It's the best. It's the best. And also it's because TV especially, I mean movies too, but TV especially, uh, spends so much time working on tension, right? Like the 
the legend of television shows is that you cannot put these two people together because if you do, like, all the air goes out of the balloon, right? Right. So they have to string you along and along and along and along. And viewers are like, goes, it, seasons go by before characters actually oh, yeah. kiss. And then when they finally do. Oh, my God. It's just terrific. <laughs> right. And I feel like I really grew, you know, again, like growing up in the 80s in particular, like Moonlighting. Like, there's a show called Moonlighting uh-huh. with Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis and kind of, like, the first role he was really ever in. And the sexual tension between these two was intense. And it was, like, uh-huh. seasons of just, like, rapid fire banter. And everyone was like, when? <laughs> right? When are these two going to finally kiss? Um, you know, or even thinking about – I was thinking about um, – like the first time, it, you know, I'm old enough to remember the first time like a gay couple or a lesbian couple kissed on TV or, you know, that like these were big deals because everybody, you know, if you love that, then, you know, that you know, like, OK, putting that on screen is so sexy. Right. And it was like there's a reason that that became the story because of what it promised about the real relationship between these people. So, I mean, I. It always works really well in, like, paranormal shows, too, where, like, there's the shift in the character in the moment of the kiss or, like, immediately follow – like, I mean, this isn't just a kiss. It's sex, too. But, like, when Buffy and Angel finally – Oh, God, yes. Right? Like, finally do it and then, like, he achieves true happiness and then, like, immediately loses his soul again. Like they actually have sex, but still, yes. Right? Still. (laughs) But, like, there are these, like – but all – but – there's a scene in True Blood, actually, where Alexander Skarsgård as Eric the Vampire finally kisses Suki Stackhouse, and, like, it breaks him. Like, these kind of moments. So the kiss is magic in a lot of ways. Right. Or even, like, thinking back to Buffy and Angel, she kisses him the first time he's got his, like, vampire face on, and he's like, don't kiss me like this. And she's like, why not? You know what I mean? And so, like, one of the things I think is important about that moment is really what I think we're kind of here to talk about, which is we say all the time, all romance writers and readers kind of see that, you know, if that there's always a, a like a not always, right? It's never always, but right, there's usually a deepening of like f- emotional intimacy. If it's a book where the characters are um, are sexual as opposed to asexual, right, then there is going to be a deepening of the physical intimacy that matches it. And so that's the part where, like, the kissing is so important because it's not just kissing. It's like I'm falling for this person, right? So it's like a real signal to the reader Or the watcher, if it's TV, that, like, something is happening in their feelings, too. It's amazing, right? Because most romances have kisses in them. And so it really can be a very sort of perfunctory thing on the page. But there are a handful of writers who I think really deploy kisses in powerful, truly excellent ways. Before we talk about examples, Mm. can we talk about – so, okay, one of the things – I didn't do a lot of research, you guys. I'm going to just be like, I don't know, spitballing ideas here. But I did go back and searched my – I searched, like, when have I talked about kissing on Twitter, which is, like, my own diary, I guess. Mm -hmm. So one of the funniest, like, tweets I found is um, where I said – it was something about you, and I said – um, I just read an Amanda Quick where they kissed at 15% and had sex at 50%. And I believe I said to Sarah, uh, the good old days. <laughs> right? Because one of the things that I think is very different about particularly like traditionally published romance now, I guess. Although, I don't know, maybe. Is that there used to be a lot of like kissing and making out. 
And then they would like have sex at some point. It was fine. Sure. It was like kiss. It was like the kiss. And then uh, it was like you rounded the bases. Yes. Right. Exactly. Like very old school. And now I cannot tell you how many books I've read where I'll be like, it's 65% and they just had their first kiss. And then like they're having sex. Like there's no... I think that's modern, though. Right, right? that's like, what I'm I saying. Think, yeah. I'm saying this is a change to no, me. No, but I think it's a change in culture, too. I think a lot of people, at least like... Okay. I mean, what the hell do I know? I've been married for a million years. But, well, I don't know. It seems like sex is part and parcel to the whole thing now. Like, you go on a date and, like, it's okay if you have sex right away. Like, nobody's judging you. Okay, but here's the problem. Here's mm. here's my conceptual problem with that idea. I don't if that was the case, they would have s- kiss and have sex at 20%. It's a delayed first kiss. Like does right. that make sense? Well, it has to be Jen. I mean like I know. That's my point, Sarah. But we're back to this challenge that I mean like listen, a slow burn is fine. But part of the reason why I think slow burns are so popular right now it's because in contemporary, there are not a ton of great reasons to keep characters separate and together on page. Yeah. Once they've, like, consummated and, like, know that they can give each other's orgasms to the moon and back. So you're saying this is a plotting problem, not a pace, a conflict problem. No, I don't know that it's a con- I don't know that it's a problem. I, I think it's a I problem. W- well, I mean, you said it and not me. I think tension... In modern day, in contemporary romance, ev- literally everywhere, is a cha- is more and more of a challenge because there are fewer and fewer barriers to entry when it comes to sex. Sure. And, like, I'm glad for that, like, in theory, like, in the world. Yes, or not in theory, in practice. Like, I'm glad for that. Let's stop slut-shaming people. Sex is nice. People should do it safely <laughs> and as long and consensually. If right? they want to, yes, go for it. Right. If they safely and consensually. So I think that once that's on page and like you're not struggling with another, like with additional plot, right? Like additional concerns. I don't know what I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I think okay, I'm going to tell you what you're saying. Ready? Are you I'm going to diagnose what you're saying. For many a romance right now, the conflict that people are making is should we do it or not? Yeah. And that is not a satisfying conflict. No, it's a sitcom. I mean, they're rom-coms, right? This makes sense. Okay, wait, I'm back on the wagon. <laughs> I'm like see or how I got trail, you there or whatever I'm on. See how I got you there? You're welcome. Okay. Thank you. No, you're right, because it's like, it's a sitcom, right? It's Sam and Diane. Yes. You go five seasons or however long Shelley Long was on that show. I'm right. talking about Cheers, everyone. Many of you were probably not born when Cheers came out. <laughs> I don't know. Jim and Jim and Pam. Fine, whatever. They're, that's The Office. I mean, so like you have these like kind of, you have a show, you've watched all these seasons, you felt the tension because it's uh, it's enemies to lovers or it's friends to lovers or she's engaged to someone else or it's will they, won't they or whatever it is. that And you want it so bad, you want it so bad, you want it so bad. And then they kiss. And then, like I said, the air is out of the balloon because all the tension was will they or won't they? How will they be into each other? But then, like, obviously they're incendiary and amazing. And then they're having orgasms all the time. And, like... Let's yeah. just get married, kids. You can say, like, I, under- I understand that. I'm saying it. You're like, cognitively, I'm there. I am cognitive. I understand how this works. I'm telling you, I don't think it really works in books when people try to pull that off. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it. One is, I think number one is, it's very hard to write good chemistry. Right? And so instead, I think I see a lot of people, like, let's call this, like, the delayed first kiss. They kiss it 70% or whatever. Which I've read uh, like a string of. I think part of the problem with this is the way that people are delaying that kiss is like coincidence and outside interruptions. Yeah. The doorbell rang. Mm. The th- Right? 
You well, can, that's not, that's bad writing. You can do that once. The doorbell can't ring. The doorbell cannot ring every single time you're about to like smash your faces together, right? So I think that this is the problem. Like to me, like when you we talk about like a slow burn, like a real slow burn, it's not an interrupted burn is not the same thing. No. Can we talk? Can I recommend some books now or what? Are you just telling everybody how to write their books now? <laughs> Jennifer Prokop, romance reader and editor. <laughs> I said it wrong at the beginning. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Megan Quinn, author of Royally in Trouble, the hotly anticipated sequel to last year's best-selling royal romance, Royally Not Ready. Lily has some new jobs as the heir to the throne. Her grandfather is a king, which she didn't know until the first book in the series. You know, King Theo wants her to get married, have babies, and her new overprotective fiancé is Keller, the same grumpy man who picked her up last year and brought her over and taught her everything she needs to know. But Love it. As... The wedding gets closer. Everyone loves a royal wedding. She is inundated with classes and planning and all the ways that she has to count down until they can finally say I do. But there seems to be some trouble in paradise, right? Their faith in each other is questioned. There's some potential threats to their safety. And the only thing that seems to be working out the way it should is how commanding Keller is in the bedroom. All right. Well, if you like only one bed, grumpy sunshine, forced proximity, biting and pain play, maybe, uh, maybe a little bit of romantic suspense with your royal wedding, this book, Royally in Trouble, is the one for you. You can get it on Amazon in print, ebook, audiobook, or with a monthly subscription to Kindle Unlimited. Thanks to Megan Quinn for sponsoring the episode. I want to recommend, I have two that do this. 46% and 43%. So like <laughs> this is what you bought you're hilarious. Okay. I mean cuz I'm looking at them on my on my phone. So, okay, here's where I'm at. I want to talk about Naima Simone and I want to talk about Ashley Herring Blake because in both of these situations, both contemporaries, we have a situation where the kiss comes late because there is a great reason that these two can't kiss and it's all internal. For both of them, which is what I'm – I know sometimes those of you – I know a lot of people out there are like, Sarah really loves conflict and she wants everything – she wants to be explosions all the time and that's why they're not kissing. And so to, to head that off at the pass, everyone, I've given – I'm giving you two examples of like fully internal conflict, okay? The first is Naima Simone's Sin and Ink. Mm, sure. Which I know you love. I love it. I also really love it because I love a widow and a dead man's brother. <laughs> I'm so sorry to frame it that way, but I do. <laughs> okay, this one, that's the that's the setup. And you would think that she would be the reason why they don't kiss. But instead, he is because she is like horn a horn dog. <laughs> like, yeah, she's like, I I miss my I miss my husband. I miss sex. I trust you. Yeah. You're very handsome. Familial resemblance, I guess. And then <laughs> you just went right there. Sarah. I know. And well, I mean, she has a type. What do you want from me? And so what's amazing is like there's this incredibly hot moment right at the very beginning, like chapter two, where like he like suddenly like she's got his hand like she sort of shoves his hand down her pants and is like (laughs) i'm hot for you and then um and then she looks up at him and she's like kiss me and he just like freeze like he goes turns to stone and can't believe that he has even like that he has done this Mm-hmm. With this woman. And because, like, it's such a clear betrayal. And also, simultaneously, betrayal of his dead brother and also, like, disrespect of her. Like, he should be more respectful. And then, when it finally comes comes around to it, this lady <laughs> gives him a blowjob first. Okay. 
I definitely have a. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's and so they're doing the whole business. And then only then he says he in this point. She says it the first time, kiss me, and he just can't. Mm-hmm. And then this time, at 46%, he's like, kiss me. And she, like, takes a long moment where, like, you can sense that everybody is thinking about it. And then she kisses him everywhere but his lips, mm. his cheek, his yes. jaw, a scar on his eyebrow, Naima. Bless, you know the job, right? Mm-hmm. He just like everywhere, like all over. And he thinks that we're in his POV because it's that's where we need to be. And he's just like going wild for this final moment, for the moment when she finally kisses him on the lips. And it just goes over and over and over, like all over him. And then finally it's the delivery and it's perfect. Yeah. Because the reason they couldn't, they couldn't kiss. Like, we're, we're talking about kisses specifically today. The reason they couldn't do it is because it's, it's too much. Like, it was, it was too close. Very Julia Roberts, Richard Gere, and Pretty Woman. The I can't kiss oh, you I on mean, the mouth, right? Like, that got hardwired into an entire generation of women, for oh, sure. And also, like, about 80% of historical romance heroes – for, like, a good, solid time in the sure. 80s. Right. Lead by Kylie Scott, which I've talked about ad nauseum, but I'm sorry. I feel like I will say this. It was really hard for me to think of, like, new books with kissing. Like, all, all of these are, like, favorites, right, where I've, like, read this book a million times. A lot of these we've talked about before. I do have a couple that are new. Yeah. But, but in Lead by Kylie Scott, he goes down on her first, and they have sex first, and then – She's kind of like, kiss me. And he's like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll kiss your pussy. And she's like, what is going on? And she figures out and he's just like, I'm not really into it. And she's just like, well, let's just try it. Right? Let's just try it. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I mean, I guess this is okay. Right? And then he's so into it. And it's mm-hmm. so perfect right because and the part that's like really funny is like i just and i think this is like the kind of characterization that romance is so good at is <laughs> then lena who is like the narrate the you know the point of view character for the whole book talks about like um he's a vocalist right he's the lead singer of a band and she's like listen if you ever have a chance to kiss somebody like they really know what to do with their mouth <laughs> you know what i mean and you're like <laughs> it's so perfect but yeah, yeah. i mean And the thing that's really interesting about the books, too, where it's like, in this case, like oral first, sex first, um, kissing is later, is it really is a good match for like that intimacy thing, right? Like there, it's just like pure hormones, like essentially like the first time they do it. And this is the time where it's like, no, like there's something more between us. Right, because – the best kisses in romance are the ones that open up the character in yes. some way or yes. are related to some kind of moment relate with the character. So the other book that I mentioned that where the kiss is, you know, halfway in is Delilah Green Doesn't Care, which is by Ashley Herring Blake. And one of the things I love about this book, this so Delilah's a photographer. She comes home to photograph her stepsister's wedding. And her stepsister's best friend, Claire, um, is, you know, is the uh, the other heroine, Delilah's partner. Um, and they've never gotten along. Like, they have, like, a history. And Delilah's a photographer, right? So there's this moment where – so Claire has a child um, who, I don't know, is, like, 10 or 11 in the book. Okay, so Delilah comes and she said they're they're having this sort of very, like, revelatory conversation, which are the best parts of romance novels, right? Like, the – that conver- the like lingering conversation where we reveal our secrets to each other. And through a sort of the course of the conversation, it becomes clear that like at some point Delilah had come back to town or was in town and had stumbled upon Claire at the ri- like down at the river. And she had taken a bunch of pictures of Claire um that she'd never told Claire she'd taken. And she says, she's like, 
I saw I saw you there. Like I found you down there and I took a bunch of pictures. And Claire is like visibly concerned about this. And so as a reader, you're sort of like, oh, I like I can see why this would be weird. Like Delilah took a bunch of pictures of her. And she and so we're in again, we're in Delilah's point of view, which is the right place to be in this because she's going to explain to us without having to like give it all to Claire what had happened that she went home to New York City after taking all these pictures and spent like weeks in her uh, studio going over these pictures. And ultimately, these photographs of Claire had had basically clarified for for Delilah what her style of photography was. Oh, interesting. Okay. Ashley Herring Blake says, like, describes it as queer women, turmoil, and water. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Which is very charming. Anyway, but it comes out that Claire, when she sees the pictures, is like, that was the day my husband left me. Oh, wow. And... I had just had sex with him and then realized that he was sleeping with another person still. And so he left. Wow. And Ruby, what the daughter, her daughter, like I was mourning him in that moment. And it is so powerful. And Delilah's like, oh, shit. Right? But also she's like, Everything about this story is, like, horrible, and I love you. Like, she's like, I care. I want – she has so many feelings. She feels so many feelings. Yeah, right. And so she starts to say, I'm sorry, because it's the logical thing to do. Like, I took these pictures of you at your most vulnerable. And not only did I do that, they've, like – they built me as a photographer. Like, there's – they weren't just, like, a throwaway roll of film. You know, people used to take pictures on film. And so (laughs) it's fine. And so and then Claire is like, wait, no. And she puts her finger on Delilah's mouth as she's apologizing. Listen, I love that. And then like she's just and there's just a moment like a a breath between them of like, don't apologize. Like, don't say that. It's this is something powerful about this. Man. And then they smooch. (laughs) And it's great. Yeah. Because it's like really cautious. Like, is this okay? I don't want to take advantage of you again. I feel like it shifts the power. The power is so fluid in this kiss. And it goes on for a while. I love that. And like they're just exploring each other. And it's so... It's so lovely because it feels like this is where they they learn each other. And there's like it's it's part apology and part curiosity and there's so much wrapped up in it and I have said on the podcast before that I really love this whole series but like this is a great moment. In the in you what percentage do you say that was at cuz I was 43%. 43%. Okay, so one of the reasons i kind of had the kissing epiphany by the way like the like it's so great the kissing and the making out is because when we reread bet me a great kiss and it's it's 25 percent the good old days so they have this really like you know they're like i hate you i hate you kind of altercation at this like bar when they first meet and then she like kind of shows up essentially at his she is at the same like little league game as his nephew right so it's like one of these things where the 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 thing of the book is of course they just keep bumping into each other so they're hanging out on this picnic table and he notices like her shoes like men love shoes and then there's this like box of donuts that he's feeding her right and they're kind of like bantering, but it's a little mean almost. At one point, she's kind of like embarrassing. <laughs> you know, she calls him a bastard. Mm-hmm. And then he, when he like starts feeding her these donuts and it's like, it's so f- the thing I think that Jenny Cruz understands here is how tactile, 
like the writing of a good mm-hmm. first kiss has to be mm-hmm. right so it's like he hears this like rushing noise in his ears it talks about his breath it talks about right like how everything tastes like this chocolate and right and then she like kisses him back and these and then like the kind of kiss ends and she just looks at him and says more and this is it like they are just like completely making out on this picnic table like the rest of the world has fallen away mm-hmm. and like she you know it's like glitter behind her eyelids and so then someone hits her but like like basically her friend comes up and is like what are you doing a literally mm-hmm. game right <laughs> but this is i think it's like primordial for me in terms of capturing like right and that don't like the oh. donuts like Look, nobody writes food like Jenny Cruzy in that in that book. Um, but just everything about it is so yes primal. Yes, it's like the high Maslow's hierarchy of needs, <laughs> and it's like kissing is on there in the Cruzy dime the Cruzy triangle. I don't actually think they have sex until probably the very end of the book. Mm-hmm. But they are so into each other and they cannot it's like electric it's magnetic when they are together and i think that that is why ultimately like the it's just so sexy even though they are like not actually having sex you know what i mean yeah and oh gosh it is really perfect This week's episode of Faded Mates is brought to you by Megan Frampton, author of His Study in Scandal, the second in the School for Scoundrels series. This one is for anyone who loves an older woman, younger man, anonymous sex club book, which (laughs) just stop right there. Who doesn't? Honestly, I mean, come on. Okay. Alexandra, Duchess of Chelmsworth, is widowed and she is widowed by a man who is just terrible he squandered her fortune he never bothered to give her the time of day they never had great sex everything in their marriage was just miserable and so she decides to cut up all of her morning gowns and head to a place called the garden of hedon i love it um listen the greatest name where People can go and have just anonymous fun times. And she does. She has an anonymous fun time. It's like Vegas, but Regency. Exactly. Um, And then she, uh, so they have anonymous fun time. And then, uh uh-oh, Jen. What's going to happen? Turns out the man she has anonymous fun time with is none other than Theo Osborne, who everyone thinks should absolutely be a perfect match for her stepdaughter. Yikes. Oh, no. <laughs> I bet the, I bet he only wants her. He has no interest in anyone but Alexandra. Only her. And uh, she is not so keen on marriage anymore. So, listen, it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle for Theo, but I believe in him. Exactly. Okay, everybody, you can read His Study in Scandal anywhere books are sold. Thank you to Megan Frampton for sponsoring this week's episode of Faded Mates. I want to talk about, like, the kiss that comes from a deal. Okay. Right? Like, All right. bet. Like, if if I win, you kiss me. Like, we kiss. Yeah. Okay. Right? Which I love. I mean, I love it. Of course you I do. I love it. <laughs> I love a sex deal, right? It's, this is the, this is like a baby sex deal. And we did talk, we did a deep dive of this book. So, well, we deep dive bet me too. Sure. But butterfly swords. You can't talk about great kisses unless you talk about That's on my swords. list too. Is that on your list? Oh, All right. so good. Because they are sword fighting. I mean, listen, this is just put it directly in my veins. <laughs> Jeannie Lynn writes great kisses. She really does. So this is, you know, we go back and listen to the deep dive. Read this. Do not hesitate. Read this book. It is so great. And it's a road trip romance. And, you know, she needs a... She basically, like, needs a warrior to, like, sure. protect her. But she doesn't. She has her own so- swords, and she is fully capable of using them. And he's and she says that to him, and he's like, listen, 
we'll test this theory. We're going to spar and whoever wins, <laughs> like if if I win, uh, you kiss me. And she's like, fine. Because she's like, no one's going to beat me. Yeah, No way is he going to win. Except, of course, he wins. And then she's like, I, and he's like, we agreed to a term. Like at the end, he's all smug. And she she says, I honor my bets. And she steps up to him and she kisses him on the mouth. Very perfunctory. I've Mwah. seen this done before. <laughs> right. Mwah. And he just stands there, very still. And then he like puts his arm around her and he like kisses her. Oh, God. It's amazing. And she thinks to herself, oh, no. Well, first. Before this starts, though, she says to him, "He, she's like, okay, fine, kiss me. And he's like, uh-uh, the deal was you kiss me, which is great. So hot. Yeah, it's great. Right? So, and then he finally is like, all right, he, like, puts his arms around her. And she thinks, oh, no, she hadn't been kissing him at all. Like, <laughs> right, right. That's, oh, what she had done was not it. But now he is like, let me show you how this goes. And then there is this just killer kiss and then when they separate she has this great line it's very short and she has this great line that and it reads though he no longer touched her it was as if the kiss hadn't ended she could still feel him on her like in her oh oh and her hands are shaking and she's like okay that's settled (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so perfect. And you're like, you endanger girl dot gif. Yes, right. <laughs> like, this, yeah, this man is about to take you down. No, it's amazing. You have those books where like when you're. That's at 11%, Jen. Uh, thank you. I am aware. <laughs> when you are reading them, you're just like, this is so good. Like you can feel it working on you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, this is kind of similar. I'm not sure. I um. I'm on a bit of a Susan Elizabeth Phillips. I'm re-listening. I'm like, I draw, you know, allow it. right? Okay. So everybody, I talk a lot about Heaven, Texas. We've talked about Kiss an Angel, one of my favorites. We've talked, of course, about, you know, nobody's baby but mine. But one of my real, like, Susan Elizabeth Phillips favorites is called Lady Be Good. Mm-hmm. And this is the one with Kenny Traveler, the lazy golfer, and Lady Emma, the headmistress, mm-hmm. right? And so... She, it's like a real complicated setup, and it's really fascinating to read. If you are a, an author and you're like, my exposition is out of control, <laughs> right? Like, read Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Like, her... My ex... <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know what my I mean. My exposition is out of control. <laughs> well, if your book is 700 pages, your exposition is out of control, right? And <laughs> Oh, choosing violence tonight. Sorry. I guess that's what happens when we record at this time. You know, on Saturday morning, I'm all prim and proper. On Thursday night after a hard work week, I'm like... Your exposition is out of control. <laughs> Jen, the editor, really is here tonight. Um, because there's so many, like, really complicated plot things that just get, like, really, like, explained quickly. And so the deal is, is that Emma is British. She's in Texas. Um, she has some research she wants to do. But her real goal is to essentially, like, besmirch her own reputation so that this, like, old, yucky, aristocrat who wants to marry her because she's a young like 30 year old she's 30 years old but she's a young woman of like you know good standing and a virgin so he's like you're gonna be my wife she's like i just want to like besmirch my name enough that he thinks he's misjudged me but not do it so poorly that he knows i'm playing him Uh and so she just like misreads a lot of situations and kenny she thinks is her driver and she essentially essentially hires him to, like, deflower her. Like, he pretends he's, like, a male mm-hmm. escort. <laughs> right? Perfect. Okay. This checks out 1,000%. Of course. This is obviously how all of this works. Like, And the, th- <laughs> the thing that's so great about this is Susan, this is, again. You, Susan, all gas, no brakes, takes the finger. Yes. Just, like, if you don't buy it, like, this is not the book for you, but. We're moving forward. Here's the other thing. In anybody else's book, this would be the plot. This is just like a cute little no, this subplot. this is like a side plot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, like first. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Like, oops. Like, <laughs> misunderstanding. Right? Like, it literally has no other impact on the plot. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, she they're up there. They're up there kissing. And she's like never really kissed anybody before. And he is um, it's really interesting because it's in his point of view. And he is kind of aware that she's not very experienced. He really has no idea. Um, and so he's sort of like kind of luring her into it, which is another thing I really like. Like she doesn't really quite know how to do it. Right. So it's um, he liked his French kisses slow but thorough. Lots of women couldn't get the hang of that. But Lady Emma was smart and she didn't have any trouble. <laughs> Right. She let let him take all the time he wanted. And the thing that's also really interesting then about. Wait, can we also talk about the fact that the word that is (laughs) she uses the term French. I know. That's the other thing. I was like, French kisses. What is this? 1987. Then I was like, yes, it actually is. Right. (laughs) So the whole gag in this book is like and there's a point where she talks about like what a delight it is to be kissed by a lazy man. Right. And the whole gag of this book is that she's real bossy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sure. she's constantly oh, trying well, to get him. She is Susan Elizabeth Phillips right? She's constantly trying to get him to like speed up when they – and like they figure it out. They don't – she does not have sex with him that night. And like later when they do, she's kind of like – and now it's in her point of view. And she's like, well, he, he doesn't seem to be quite moving along. He's not really picking up my signals. And so she's kind of like prompting him. And he's like, are you bossing me around? And then he's like, oh, I lost my place. I guess I better start over again. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> it's so great, right? Oh it's, my God, so it's so good. amazing. And it's really, I think the other thing I really liked about this is it's really like here's a, a hero who loves kissing, right? Like it's not like a, like he loves foreplay, which makes sense because he's a golfer. <laughs> Well done, Jen. It just came to me like that. All right. I have one, too. A person who's never been kissed getting kissed. I mean, we did that already with butterfly swords, but I got another one. A favorite of the pod. So I'm saving it for the end. Waking up with the Duke. All right. So here's the deal, everyone. Another one that we've done a deep dive on. So I'm not going to dig too deep on this. But here's the situation. The heroine is married to the hero's cousin. A while back, the hero was driving a carriage, and the cousin was in the passenger seat of the carriage, and there was a terrible carriage accident. And now, through circumstance of romance events, the cousin can no longer consummate uh, the marriage, and they are unable to have children. No problem, though. (laughs) Because the cousin has a perfectly reasonable idea, which is you will spend one month together from period to period (laughs) and you will bone the whole month with (laughs) my cousin, the hero, who owes me this. This is how he can repay the debt that he has incurred by getting me in this carriage accident from the beginning. This is the full banana, everyone. Yes, of this course. is written by Lorraine Heath, and she does the job better than anyone when it comes to bananas. Yes. So here we are. So the heroine, by the way, is like, um, pardon me? <laughs> right. What? <laughs> Do did I, I, I did not, not agree to get this. A say? Yeah. Oh, and it is deeply, deeply romantic because it is a historical. And as you all know, there is only one solution. You can't get a divorce without an act of parliament, and that's not going to happen here. So, like, how are these two literally ever going to get together after they have spent the most idyllic, magnificent, romantic month ever together? Of course. Anyway, so that's just my pitch for the book. Anyway, so they are together, and this is 22%, Jen. Perfect. That's the way I like it. And he says... Uh, when was the last time you were kissed? And she says the night of the accident, like before he left the house to go see you. And he's like horrified by this. Like how dare his cousin so sorely mistreat this woman. And he says, and he's not kissed you since. And she says he's he feels why ever would he start what he cannot finish? 
And this hero is a king, as all heroes should be. (laughs) And he said, A kiss need not be the start of anything. It owns itself. It is simply what it is. His hands and fingers, his lips, his tongue. Are you telling me that in three years, he's never once given you so much as this? And then he just lays one on her. And we are all reduced to puddles. And we think to ourselves, whatever this is, it's going to break our hearts. Lorraine Heath. She's perfect. Right? Perfect. Um, Okay. A monarch. I have two more. Okay. So, although I do like the I've never been kissed before, I also quite like it when someone who is very experienced at kissing is like, oh, wow. I've never been kissed like this before. Exactly. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Lumi Labs, creators of microdose gummies. So we, everybody knows we love this product. Microdosing is something that is available nationwide. You can just do a quick search for um, microdosing THC or go to microdose.com to find out more about it. But there's lots of really specific ways that it has like worked for me in my life. Um, The biggest one is, and like just the other night, sometimes I forget, like I have a bad night's sleep. And then I'm like, I'm just going to take a gummy. I keep them right by my bedside. And you know what? It is terrific. I just fall right asleep. And so, you know, there's a lot of different ways that they work for folks. So, you know, performance, creative boost, just sort of like, you know, pain or anxiety that feels a little unmanageable, Um, workout and recovery, maybe like anxiety. I've also said that um, I like to take one before I go to the airport to just chill me out ever so slightly i had one the other night i took one the other night before we went to a comedy show nice eric was like maybe you should have one of these it was pretty funny on its own though i mean who can say anyway microdose gummies are available nationwide to learn more about microdosing thc just do a quick search online or go to microdose.com and use the code faded mates to get free shipping and 30 percent off your first order Links can be found in show notes, but again, that's microdose.com, code FADEDMATES. And thanks, as always, to Lumi Labs for sponsoring the episode. So I would like to talk about Something Spectacular by Alexis Hall. Oh, nice. This is like a series and it's historical, but it's really campy. Like it's really fun in the, you know, like everybody is like, you know, just like really funny. And I mean, like, I think only Alexis Hall can write like that sort of banter. And I think at the beginning it even says like, this is historical, but it's not intending to be historical accuracy. Right. And um, so it's just like people have very modern um, like ways of thinking, even though it's in the historical is kind of the way I, I read that. Anyway, and in this one, which is the second in a series, there are two characters. So, well, Peggy, right, who is calls her, she, it uses she, her pronouns throughout the book, but she is very much like, I'm not really, more like non-binary, right? Like I'm not really, she calls herself, I think at some point, uh, uh, a, I can't remember, like a, a gent, right? Like essentially like I'm, sometimes I'm a woman and I like wearing dresses and sometimes I, I want to, you know, look a certain way. And she's been really accepted by her best friends, um, Arabella and then Arabella's brother, who is the hero of the first book. And she really thinks she's in love with Arabella and they Clearly have had a lot of really fun times together. She loves kissing Arabella. She's like, Arabella is an excellent kisser. But and then Arabella essentially and she's like, I'm in love with her. Like Peggy really thinks I am in love with Arabella. But Arabella is like, I am your best friend, but I will never feel about you this way. Right. So Peggy is really at the beginning. It's this very tender kind of like she's my best friend. I think I'm in love with her, but that doesn't really negate our best friendship. And what what Arabella wants is to essentially she's got her eye on this opera singer Orfeo. And Orfeo is a castrato. And Orfeo is this magnetic person, right? And they in the book do use they them pronouns. And so and and so Arabella is used to being the most beautiful 
girl in any room she walks into. And she's sort of convinced, like, if I put my mind to it, Orfeo's going to want me. Mm-hmm. And instead, when they go somewhere, Orfeo is interested in Peggy. <gasps> because Peggy is they Peggy is is like they are right like there's something like that like connects with like I Orpheus like I have lived my entire life as the only one and now I'm and and the reason I am sort of non-binary is because of like what was done to me essentially so I could retain my beautiful singing voice and Peggy though is so like has never really been seen right Peggy is great kisser sexually active has you know been with is a great lover a great kisser but when when okay so when peggy and orfeo first kiss it is so sexy because the first thing is is that orfeo is kissing like peggy's hands right and like you know peggy has calluses and like rides horses and you know and Again, it's like that whole part about being seen and then like the part where they're kissing and sh- and Peggy's like, oh, God, we're kissing. Like, right. Oh, God, we were kissing. And I've got to tell you, I just it was so deeply romantic, too, for that same reason. Right. Like this person sees me. Mm-hmm. Right. N- the way no one else has ever seen me. And and Peggy is not alone in the world. Right. Peggy has very good friends. Peggy is has like kind of doting parents. But mm-hmm. it is different than the way this, like, perfect person for her sees her. So yes. anyway, if I – this is a really fun, rompy read. If you were I, – I, I mean, I just think Alexis Hall has amazing range. Yes. A thousand percent. Right? And this, to me, these are some of my favorite of his books, actually. I love it. I have one more, but I don't know if you have one more. I have one more, too. Okay. You go. And it's a classic. It's a Faded Maids classic. Uh, so I'll just be quick. And that is, uh, can we talk just briefly about Lothair? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Um, <gasps> no, wait. I'm sorry. I take it all back. I mean, we can talk about Lothair if we want. <laughs> but I can't believe, obviously. Oh, my, no. No. Like, cancel everything. Cancel all of it, because I can't even believe we have to talk about Rune. I was seriously like, that's not where what I thought you we were going to go. Like, I was like, Listen, why I had a gin and tonic. <laughs> I don't know what I'm even thinking. <laughs> um, He is poisoned to everyone but her. Yes. I was like, I was like, Sarah, I thought you were going to end with this. Like, I was kind of uh, like, wait, let's well, end with it then. Eric, take out. All of the Lotharabits. Okay. I have one more thing then, and then we can end with yours. I have one that we have to end with. Okay. All right. So here's my other, like, real – I put this on Twitter. This is not just my jam. This is, like, my jam, my jelly, my preserves, like, like my marmalade, whatever. And that is when a character has escaped death – and then they <gasps> stagger out of, in this case, Devin Ravenel out of the train wreck at the river. And he staggers out of the carriage at death, like he has just almost died. And he sees, <laughs> right? And in front of the servants and in front of everybody, he just like falls on her and kisses the shit out of Kathleen right and it's just like he's it's like I love that too like I was going to die and there is the person I love and Mm -hmm. I just have to I have read this scene in cold-hearted rake a thousand times probably because it is so like I love it so much like he I he thought he was gonna die and then he sees Kathleen and what do you think he has to do Sarah like, you gotta kiss the shit out of her. Kiss the shit out of her. Like, just like it is so. Uh, so I do have a real fondness for for that kind of kissing too, right? Like, you oh know, yeah, right. I thought I was gonna die, but now it's like the literal kiss of life. Oh yes, perfect, perfect. perfect. No notes. All right, but we gotta end <laughs> your favorite with, with the obvious. I mean, we gotta talk about Rune. Oh, he's poison to everyone but her, Sarah. He is poison to everyone. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. He has lived for, he is the primordial, like, dark fae. He has lived 
10,000 years. <laughs> it's oh amazing. Oh my God, it's so good. You all have to go back and listen to the, the... Listen, here's what I will say. Sometimes just for a pure shot of serotonin, yeah, I queue up the very beginning... <laughs> of course. ...of the episode that we did on Cressley Cole's Sweet Ruin in the first season. <laughs> And if you have never listened to that episode and you're like, Sarah, I'm never gonna yeah. I'm never gonna read a book about a dark fae who is poisoned to everyone but <laughs> the vampire bride he falls wildly for. I question your choices, but I support you. <laughs> uh, but you should still queue up the beginning of that episode it's and amazing. just listen to the first ten seconds. Yeah. Because you will get the full joy. That I had on Rune Week. And also, you should live every week like it's Rune Week. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, point is, he is poison to everyone but her. Literal poison. So literally poison that for 10,000 years, yeah. he has been killing people by kissing them. <laughs> because sure. he is poison to them. Every one of his body fluids is terrible poison he has never kissed the first time he ever kissed anyone they died <laughs> you guys you want to talk about something you need a therapist for here this is it Ten thousand years of killing people with kissing i mean it's terrible our heroine josie sweet baby josie is a vampire but like can't really figure out like who, what, how. Mm-hmm. And she scents him in the wind and is like, I have never smelled anything as good as what this man smells like. Yes. I have to have him. <laughs> I have to. And she kisses him and he is like, Why aren't you dead? <laughs> You have signed your death warrant. Yes. Like, it's done. And she's like, no. And she doesn't die. <laughs> and then he's like, <gasps> it's the perfect thing. Yeah. Your body is a wonderland. We're going to do all of it. <laughs> it's amazing. It really is perfect. It is fucking great. It is great. It's great. It's so perfect. I mean, it is great. <laughs> because, like, imagine never well, – all the things we said about kissing, like, that it's, like, it's so personal. It's so emotional. It's this, right. all the secrets that you have. It's the unlocking of all of that. And he's never been able to have it. And now it's amazing. It is amazing. Now he can have it. He can kiss her anytime he wants. And there's this moment in the book where he, like – Cressley writes like that he's just like in love with kissing her. Yeah, it ah. is, right? It's amazing. So good. So good. So perfect. What a way to end. I feel like all I'm going to do is think of the things we didn't talk about. Um, they kiss and one of them tells the other one, it was a mistake. Always a classic. You kiss someone and you find out the next morning they're your new boss. Right? Or like someone you shouldn't have been kissing. That's good. That's right? Good I mean, I just feel like... Kissing lessons. Those are oh, good. Kissing How do so I good. do this? I need to be prepared for when I kiss the right person. Yes, let me practice with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. I feel like we could go on forever because it's the best. Kissing is the best. Anyway, listen, this topic came because of the Discord. So thank you to everybody who has joined the Patreon you can join the Patreon yourself at fadedmates.net slash Patreon and head over to the Discord and make friends with all the other Magnificent Firebirds who are over there. Also, you get an extra episode of the podcast once a month and other fun goodies along the way. Um, so yeah, you can find us there. But as always, we are here every Wednesday, Patreon or no. And we love you and hope you are, you know, kissing if you like it and have somebody who also likes it thank you for listening everybody we really appreciate all of you all of you so much and 
It's just like a fun new adventure. But as always, this podcast is free. We're still going to be in your ear holes four times a month, no matter what. And we're just really excited about what's next. So, you know, XOXO, everybody. Kisses and hugs.